on mute. Hey, there you go. All you got to do is hit the right button, right? Well, good morning. So now that I'm here, I might as well just address this. Uh, uh, Tyler and Sean and several people in our technical crew have been working so hard. Today is the very first day that we have taken our worship service live and online. So you guys... So I just want to say hello to everybody online. Thank you for joining us. Would you give everybody online a just welcome them to First City. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad that you joined us. I feel a little bit weird, but I got to tell you, these microphones over on the side, they're, they're getting your singing. My goodness, the worship was so great, and your singing was outstanding. Thank you for participating with us in worship. I also want to thank Russ and Danielle West, some friends of mine from Atlanta, Georgia, and they, they sent me an, a, a, a letter, and in it was this check. And they said, we want you to do something that you normally wouldn't have done out of your regular budget. And it was enough to cover the new sound card and computer and stuff. And we've got speakers and other things that we've done. And I just want to tell Sean, thank you for all the stuff that you've been doing for us. You have no idea how hard he works. He's like, this is like a second job. And we pay him nothing, but I'm going to get you a happy meal when this is all over. <laughs> This morning in first service, we also had a, a dedication. Oh, boy. We had a dedication toward our families, and, uh, and, and Brent and Amy Wazita wanted to dedicate their son, Daxton. And just, God, we just want you to bless us as we raise our son to honor you. And so I prayed this prayer over them that, I, that we got from the Bible, but I actually was so struck yesterday, and we had a men's meeting and some prayer time, and Charles Barnes, who's sitting right over here, just prayed this prayer, and I was so moved by it that I wanted to pray that over Daxton this morning. And it said about, in 2 Kings, it said about Hezekiah. And so as the, as the writer was just talking about Hezekiah, it said, there was no king of Judah before him or after him who loved God with all his heart like Hezekiah. And it said about him that he ran after God with all of his heart and that he never stopped being obedient to the commands of the Lord. And so God blessed him and everything he did was successful. Hey, that's my prayer for you. My prayer for you is that it would be said of you at the end of your life, man, there wasn't somebody before or after them who loved God with all of their heart. And God blessed everything they did, and they found success. May you run after God. And happy Easter. Man, we want you to be alive. We've actually been doing this series for three weeks. This is the third week in this series. And it's like when anytime you choose a topic like alive, people come in and they're like, well, man, I just barely feel alive. Or my finances have got me buried alive, but I don't really feel fully alive. But we want everyone to feel fully alive in Jesus Christ. And so that's what we celebrate with the resurrection of Jesus. Constantine in the 6th century, 6th or 7th century, made a decision that he wanted people to begin to celebrate what Jesus did on the cross and his resurrection. And so he took a pagan holiday and took some spiritual meaning to it and set it aside so that everybody would begin celebrating what we now call Easter because he wanted everyone in the, in, in the world to have the opportunity to stop and hear the story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus and how it could transform your life. 
And people ever since then have been stopping and celebrating. Now the bunnies and the Easter eggs and all that stuff came later. I hope you have fun with your Easter egg hunts and all that stuff that you're doing. And when you do this with your children and when they find the Easter eggs and they open them up, tell them the story of Jesus. How people are finding and discovering how Jesus transforms their life and blesses them in new and exciting ways. So Peter... Uh, was writing about this. Actually, Luke was writing about it in the book of Acts. Peter was a part of the story. And in Acts chapter 3, I want to start here. This is about two months after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And Peter's life transformed in a major way. But all of a sudden, an audience showed up that he wasn't expecting because of this healing that took place. He and John, at the first part of chapter 3, were walking into Jerusalem. And as they're walking in, they go through the gate. At the gate was a beggar. And the beggar said, help me, help me. Would you help me? Would you help me? And the Bible says, that Peter and John stopped and looked at him. Not because of anything weird, but they, they noticed the man. Now, I, I don't think he's used to people looking at him. Most people, as you know, you, we turn our heads so that, so that we don't have to give to the one on the corner, you know, asking and holding up a cardboard sign. And, and it's almost like we, we just, we're, we're, we're moving. But the Bible says he just stopped and looked at them. And then Peter said, look at me. And when the man looked at him, he said this, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I'll give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, arise and walk. And he reached down and the man took his hand. He lifted him up. The Bible says that God through the Holy Spirit put strength in his ankles and his legs. And he stood up and he walked and he leaped and he jumped and he ran for the first time in his life. And he couldn't stop celebrating God. And as they're entering to the city, he still has his arms around Peter and John. And the more noise he makes, the more the crowd gathers. We're picking up the story right there. They all rushed out to amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. And Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? It's not our own power or godliness, is it? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead and we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Friends, I realize what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now, get this. Repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. I love this next line. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. And he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. Jesus is for you. 
times of refreshment. And isn't that what we're all looking for? We're all looking for joy and comfort and peace and life. We all want to be made alive. And what Peter is declaring is that all of that is wrapped up and found in Jesus Christ. And these people were beginning to discover, in fact, right after this, the Bible said that 5,000 men committed their life to following Jesus, which means that there was more like 7,500 to 10,000 people, less than two months from the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, 3,000 in one day, the day of Pentecost, were baptized and gave their life to Jesus. Oh, man, we had so much fun at 1030 watching all these baptisms. I know we're going to have at least one. Zeke's going to be baptized after second service, right? I'm so much looking forward to that. Zeke is an unbelievable young man, and he wants to just give his life to God. It's so amazing. Amazing. And we get to witness that. And we, we are participating in the exact same thing that every Christian who has ever walked this earth has done to celebrate what Jesus did for them. And we get to participate in that. Now, how do we get there? How do we find this refreshment? I want to walk you through three pivotal moments in the lives of people whose lives transformed in the name of Jesus. They were one way before the death, burial, and resurrection, and they were very different after their acceptance of what that meant for their life. I just want to walk you through it. So let's walk through these points. And yeah, there's an outline in the pew rack in front of it if you like taking notes. And the first one is, there is the Savior that I want. And when I say there's the Savior that I want, there's the Savior that I, I have my own mind, my own idea of what I want out of a Savior. And, and I want Him to give me everything I want. I mean, I want you to bless my life the way that I want to be blessed. And, and I think we all struggle with that. Now, here's how I know it was true about these people. In Psalm 118, we have recorded this Psalm of David, where when all these pilgrims every year, annually, they would come to Jerusalem, descend upon that town where there's normally 30,000, 40,000 people in Jerusalem. Now there's 250 to 350,000 people, and they're all coming into Jerusalem. And, and the Bible that historically we have recorded that they're all singing this song out of Psalm 118. Now, I'm only going to give you verses 25 and 26. But as, the, they're, as they're entering to the city, they're singing this song. Save us, save us, we beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, we beseech you, give us success. Hosanna. The blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Give us success. Now, we're begging you, begging you, begging you. Give us success. And they had their own idea about it. Because they also started singing this extra line. I put it in yellow. You have it recorded in your Bibles in Mark chapter 11. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Now they had, now by the way, it's not in Psalm 118. David never wrote that. The people just added it because in their mind, they thought Jesus is going to come riding into town on a horse with an army behind him, and he's going to overthrow our current government, and he's going to put us on easy street. We saw him hold up the five loaves and two fish. We saw him feed people as much as he wanted, and he can do that anytime he wants. That's the Jesus I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone who has power, someone who's going to make my life easy. I'm not going to have to work as hard. He's going to answer all my questions. He's going to get away with all, all my disease. Everything's going to be cured. Life is going to be so good. I'm looking for the put me on easy street, Jesus. And that's what they were looking for. And we're not really any different today. 
If you go and you go to uh, like Barnes and Noble or Books a Million and you just peruse all the books with Jesus in the title, here are some of the books that you're going to find. It's, it's like we've create, we're creating our own Jesus to satisfy our needs. Jesus CEO, Jesus Entrepreneur, Jesus MD, Jesus Life Coach, Rabbi Jesus, Jesus the Pastor, Jesus the Religious Revolutionary, Jesus the Greatest Therapist Who Ever Lived, The Laughing Jesus, Jesus Mean and Wild, Jesus in Blue Jeans, my favorite Jesus, by the way. <laughs> my Best Friend Jesus, Jesus Christ Superstar, The Yoga of Jesus, and the politics of Jesus. You know, I want, I want my own Jesus. I want the, hey, don't you want to win the 190 million lottery, Jesus? That's who, sign me up for that, Jesus. And it's like we've created in our own mind what we think are the expectations of what Jesus is supposed to do in our life. And if he doesn't do it, then we begin to reject him. What kind of Jesus are you looking for? Because we're like, I thought that Jesus was going to give me a happy marriage. I thought that he was going to give me my, I thought I was buying into the get your dream job, Jesus. Or help me and my best friend find, or let me launch my own company. Or help me to not ever hear the word cancer. Don't take away my child. And as soon as as Jesus doesn't live up to your expectation, what do you do with Jesus? Well, what did these people do? By Thursday and Friday, they had turned their back on Jesus because he didn't come into Jerusalem riding on a horse with a big army behind him to overthrow the government. He went riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, a suffering savior. And as soon as people figured out, he's not going to put me on easy street. He's not going to fulfill my agenda. By Friday, this is what they're saying. The same people are now saying about Jesus. Pilate responded, then what should I do with Jesus who's called the Messiah? They shouted back, crucify him. And Pilate's like, why? What evil has he, what has he done wrong? But they roared all the louder, crucify him. Which is number two on your outline, which says the Savior that I reject. I mean, Jesus, if you're not going to be the kind of Savior I'm looking for, if you're not here to put me on easy street, if you're not going to make my life happy the way I think, then I don't need you. And so they rejected him. And they crucified him and went about their life. When Jesus didn't meet your expectation, when you had bigger questions than answers, what did you conclude about Jesus? Did you doubt? Did it confuse you? Did you give up? Did you walk away? Did you say, well, I want a little bit of Jesus in my life. Maybe a couple of times a year I'll go to church, but the rest of the time, I don't really see how he fits into my world. What they soon discovered is Jesus isn't, he, he's not the kind of savior that's trying to meet your agenda. He's trying to make sure that everybody that's lost is saved. And he wants to know if he can use you toward that purpose. But people just walked away from him. But after they walked away from him, they realized, 
but I still need a Savior. And if you've ever walked away from God, or you know somebody who's walked away from God, just ask them, did you find the life that you've been looking for? Did you find the peace that you so desperately needed? And I already know the answer because all of that's only found in Jesus and it only comes through the Holy Spirit. When he comes into your life, he brings with you his gifts, love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, godliness, right? I mean, he brings with him all these things that we were longing for. And so number one, People said, I'm looking for the kind of Jesus who's only going to meet my needs. Number two, when it didn't happen, they rejected him. But they still found a place of emptiness. So two months later, 40 days, over the next 40 days after Jesus' death on the resurrection, until it came the next week, we call it the day of Pentecost, 50 days after the death and resurrection of Jesus, Peter stood up and preached. And they're like, we know you found no hope. We know you found no life. You crucified the Son of God. Look at what Peter said. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified be both Lord and Messiah. And Peter's words pierced their heart and they said to him and the other apostles, brothers, what do we do? Maybe for the first time in their life they realized I still need a Savior. He wasn't what I thought he was going to be. And I really wanted to force him to give me, to, to meet my agenda. And when it didn't happen, I rejected him. And when I rejected him, I found more loneliness and heartbreak than before. And I can't live without him. What do I do? And that's the beginning point of life in Jesus. This is the, you know, Paul says that we die into the baptism into the death of Jesus so that we can live this new life with Jesus. And it begins at the point of surrender. But, but that's not where it ends. And, and, and it's still not yet enough. I want Jesus. I want Jesus. I know, I know a lot of people who want Jesus, but they don't want to give their life to him. I need him, I need him. I, they, we, they call out to him when they're in pain and when they're in heartache and heartbreak but they still don't want to live for Jesus. And so finally, point number four, you got to get down to the Savior I choose. Set me free that I may free others. I don't want, it's not about me anymore. Lord God, it's about you. It's about your death, your burial, your resurrection. It's about Jesus. And it's the Savior that I choose. Paul said it this way in Galatians 5. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. In other words, all those things that used to weigh you down that you give up, don't run back to them. Because they don't bring life. They didn't bring life before. They won't bring life in the future. Stop returning back to those things. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, Serve one another humbly in love. And what you find the apostles doing from that point on is they just went out and started serving a hurting community. They started loving the Lord with all their heart and started helping people as much as they could. And so today, I want to give you an Easter invitation. 
I want to invite you into this life transformation that can only be found in Jesus Christ. And so here's the first thing I'd like for you to do is be baptized. If you've never been baptized, man, I want to just invite you into that. But if you're like, man, I've been, I've been living life, but for whatever reason, I've just never been baptized. I've never publicly said, I want to give up my life and live brand new into Jesus Christ. And so today is a good day for that. At 1030, we had all these baptisms. I told you we we're going to have another one. If you came today, maybe you came today and you weren't even thinking about it. But in this message, you're like, you know what? I really do need to do that. We're prepared for you. Men, we got bathing suits and trunks. Ladies, we've got swimsuits. We've got t-shirts. We've got towels. We've got all kinds of personal products, blow dryers included. We've got everything prepared so that you don't walk away from here without finding new life in Jesus Christ. Number two, join us for serve day. All we want to do is now we want to do what he just asked us to do. Give God all your heart, turn from your life, live anew in God, and then turn around and go serve the community. So we've got a serve day coming up on May 4th. And we're going to go out with no agenda other than just serving people in the name of Jesus. Now, we've got a category. We really want to serve hurting children in our city. And so we've got a bunch of projects. We've already got the projects. All you have to do is come and sign up. And next week, we're going to bring in this speaker named John. Now, we had a Skype session with John this past week. Oh, my goodness. You're going to like this man. He's speaking next week. And God is overwhelmingly blessing his life. He had his own company. He was in marketing and it was growing and doing fantastic. And he gave it up because in his heart, all he wanted to do is rescue hurting children. We found him in Guatemala. And he's in all these other countries. And, and he's just helping rescue these abandoned, hurting children. Can I show you some of their faces? Can I show you a little bit of his work? Here are some of the children that he has now helped to find a home and a school and education for. Asia's Hope. Show the video. I was a kid, I have no food, no clothes, or no time to school. When I came to HSO, my life was changed. I have good dad, good mom, I have good food, 
I have clothes from school. I have a lot of time with my brother and sister. It's very joyful for my life. We love to play together. gave up his own personal life to go rescue the lives of other people. I'm so struck by that. He's going to be here to speak, and we're going to give him a gift. And we're partnering with him in a new way because we just want to be a part of this great work of God. And I know what you're thinking. Hey, why can't we do that in our own community? We are. And we want to invite you into it. We call it LIFT. It's our foster care initiative. Now listen, we have a lot of different ministries all over this church. We have student ministries and children ministries. We have people who paint and they use their painting to bless others. We have a dentist who uses his occupation and his skill set to just bless people. We have people who cut hair, who bless people. We have a guy who has a lawnmower and who's going to all these other houses and he's just mowing grass in the name of Jesus. We have people doing all kinds of things just because they love people. We have a group of older men, most of them retired, and they'll go and build a ramp or paint a house or do something to help and bless people. There are all kinds of ministries that we're all using our talents to do that you're all doing. But we have this one ministry where we're focused because we want to make an impact in our city. There are a lot of hurting children in our city, and we've got this foster care crisis. And we've come together to say it's not going to happen anymore. And we're running after all these children, and we're providing homes, and you're doing it. And I'm so excited about it. If you're new and you're just hearing this for the first time, you didn't just walk into a church that's content just to come here today and tell God, thank you. We're going out and serving our Savior every way we can, and we're inviting you into it. Man, I hope you join us. Hey, today we also want to celebrate communion. And we have it up here in front. We have it in the back. We have it upstairs. This is the time where we just pause and stop, and we just say, thank you, God, for what you've done for us. I am often embarrassed that I have too much of me inside my own heart. And as you take the bread and as you take the cup, what I do is I'm like, Lord God, I need to make more room for more of you inside me. Take these simple symbols of the body and blood of Jesus and transform me. Help me, Lord God, 
to decrease so that you can increase. And that really is the message of communion. Two simple emblems that you can just say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. And I want more of you in my life. And Jesus said, he, he said, listen, do keep doing this until I return. Don't forget the sacrifice that I've given to you. Don't forget that Holy Spirit power, resurrection power is available to you every day. All you have to do is say yes. If you've made a decision today, we want to know about it. There are cards in the Purex in front of you that say, I have decided. You can fill those out. We have boxes. You can put them in the orange boxes. You can hand them to us. If you want to be baptized, we have everything ready. While we're taking this communion, I'm going to be standing right over here. And, and I just pray that if that's you, come over and let me know I want to be baptized. I'll walk you through it. I'll help take care of everything. Taryn has done so much work just to prepare for this moment. And we're prepared for you. So why don't you stand with me? And let's enter into this communion time. After we spend this time in communion, go back to your seat. We have one more song. The words of this song are so amazing. When death was arrested... And, and I want you to just proclaim and sing out loud this song. Taryn will come back up. We'll end our service. Then we'll go over to the side and we'll watch at least, Zeke, at least Zeke be baptized and maybe you'll join us. Let's pray together. Lord God, in the powerful name of Jesus, we say thank you for everything you've done to set our hearts free. Lord, there was no way we could find freedom if it weren't for you. And our life is still all entangled in stuff. And we want, Lord God, to be untangled. We want to be set free. Open us up to more of you. And in this communion time, as we eat and drink, we just simply say, Lord God, we choose more of you inside all of us. Thank you for the powerful death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. God bless you. It's prepared. Come and join us as we take communion.